Okay, we're going to look at that in just a little bit. Um, so it, it is, uh, what I'd like to do is just talk to everybody about something. Um, so it's a great privilege to, it's a privilege to be saved. It's a great privilege to be a church family tonight. Um, that we're part of Royal View. God's established this church through my father-in-law planning it in 1981. And... It's been a blessing to many people, to me, for 30 years, and it's a privilege to be a church family. And it takes, um, really, it takes really the whole, everybody doing something to make it happen. Just like a healthy body is healthy when every part moves at some point to some extent, okay? If your foot doesn't do much, but your arms are always doing something, then it's just not going to be optimal. And most of our church is, is active in some way at some level to different degrees, and I'm very thankful for that, and that's what uh, makes it a blessing, is that everybody has a little bit of something that they do. So what I'd like to do is I'm going to talk about something that's going to kind of, kind of set the, uh, kind of the foundation for our discussion. I want you to just, we're going to, I'm going to mention, this will read down through the line here, the current ministries that are in our church, current ministries. And I mean something that maybe it's only, even if it's only something that's done a half hour a week or an hour a week. And some, most of these ministries that are current ministries in our church, most of them are practiced on a weekly basis. Some of them are not practiced on a weekly basis. And some of them haven't been practiced in a while. But I want you to think about what it takes to have a ministry, have a church that's currently uh, our, this church. So uh, here's a ministry. I'm just going to start reading. We have cleaning is a ministry in our in this church. I look at it as a ministry. Um, we have somebody who helps coordinate the schedule, and then we have people that sign up on the schedule right here on the other side of this wall. We have cleaning. That is ministry. Um, we have nursery. Uh, we have somebody that helps coordinate the nursery schedule, which is the best way to get um, to need a new nursery schedule is to go ahead and make a new one. And then you're going to need a new one because somebody moves, somebody, you know, it's like it's just crazy. My wife usually makes, well, it's been my wife and Tia that will make a new nursery schedule. And we kind of chuckle because they're like, ah, as soon as we change that, it's going to need to be changed. But uh, anyways, we, it needs to be done and it is a blessing. We have somebody who coordinates the nursery schedule. We have those who do the nursery. Thank you, those who do the nursery. Yay. And you teen girls that fill in. Uh, music is a ministry in the church. We have somebody who helps coordinate our music. Sarah helps coordinate the music by and large. And then we have those of you that play music or sing music and rotate to some extent on the piano. That is something that we need. The Bible talks about in the New Testament about, you know, music being part of the New Testament church. It's not the dominant thing. It's not done in such a way as it's a performance and a concert to impress people. It's just a uh, just a natural extension of Christians who want to just bless people through singing or playing. And, and music is in a ministry, in the, it has been a ministry in the church from the New Testament time, uh, first century up till now, and it is in ours. Landscaping is a ministry. Um, and by and large, we'll have some of our teen guys in this church help us with the landscaping. And um, uh, we'll pay them a little bit to help do it. Um, and then uh, being an usher. We have somebody who coordinates the schedule, makes the ushering schedule, the teens and the, the adult men, and Will does that. He helps coordinate an usher's schedule. That is important. We need that. Um, you, 
going to a church, you going or I going to a church for the first time, it helps just having a friendly face greet you. It's usually an usher or a greeter. And I want that to be the best it could be in this church. But that's a ministry. We have those Eugene guys and men that do it. Uh, teaching is a ministry in this church. And we've been a little, we've definitely been kind of out of uh, rhythm or routine this last year. Uh, we'll try to get into a, another routine, hopefully a healthy routine in this coming year, having, again, a primary class, uh, a junior class, teen class, adult class, children's church. Of course, we still have King's Kids, the two King's Kids class, but that's a ministry, and that's a ministry that I savor, that I like, that we have for kids. I, it, I was affected well by children's ministry growing up in church. Um, decorating is a ministry in this church, and we appreciate Mrs. Flannery helping with most of the decorating around here. She helps with it, and we appreciate it. She keeps it seasonal, you know, little seasonal touches, and you like these flames right here? There are no, no carbon dioxide admitting of this at all, you know, uh, and usually Sonia will help her as well at times. We appreciate her. She, in fact, she has a whole storage unit that's just dedicated for church stuff for decorating, and that we appreciate having those little touches. Um, and then, uh, and then this is in no particular order. And then, of course, when we do visitation, those of you that come out visiting, canvassing, or door to door, some of you do phone calling. That's good. Song leading. We got uh, two main song leaders. Adam's leading singing. Will's leading singing. We appreciate it. And I've been talking to Adam Senior, saying we need to get another teen guy trained around here. So we're scouting teen guys. See, Will was Will was trained as a teen guy, and so. Uh, you, too, can be like Will one day. <laughs> one of you teen guys. Ser- seriously, we want to get another guy. Just We'll just throw you out there on a Wednesday night. You could just lead us in Jesus Loves Me or something, and we'll be cool with that, and then we'll move you on up to Hallelujah Chorus, you know. <laughs> just kidding. But uh, we want to train you, uh, but that is a ministry. We need it. We, you know, the Bible talks about uh, even the Old Testament. You know, David made a big deal of music in the Old Testament, and he had choirs and songs, and, uh, a guy who led in song, and it was a big deal. Um, doing audio-visual work. I mean, Brother Yannick loves it. Uh, I don't know if he's... I hope... Yeah, he is. All right. See, I have to say stuff. Make sure you're awake like that. He goes like that. <laughs> So, but he does love it. He genuinely loves that, doing that stuff. He messes with our computer and the sound. He comes up here and embarrasses me with our battery. And, um, and uh, I'm not really embarrassed. I'm joking too much. I don't get really embarrassed, Yannick. I, you can come up here uh, and, and do what you need to do. But we thank, I'm thankful for that. Um, it helps. And uh, some of you are like, yeah, Yannick, better get on that sound if it ever goes, whoa. Like, Turn it down, please, Yannick. And uh, so he does that. Uh, Johnny helps sometimes with that. Uh, Iden's doing the Facebook Live, and Bethany Burton helps with that. See, those are little things that, you know, it might not take a lot of time, but it, it adds up. We need it. Um, and then after things are recorded and, and uh, so on, y- Yannick will edit a message and, and put it on our website, uh, the audio part of it. We haven't uh, the only thing we can do by way of video is just load it up to our Facebook page. And sometimes uh, 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 Iden will do that. And then Bethany Burton will also help us kind of update some of our Facebook page. And everything I'm mentioning could use more. We could always use more help, but I'm glad for the help we do have. Uh, my parents help with the supplies, keeping up on the supplies, checking the kitchen supplies and bathroom supplies and cleaning supplies. That's, that's a necessary ministry of our church. Uh, just some administrative work that we have done that some of you never see and never even think about um, between it's either me 
or Brother Matt, or we'll have uh, sometimes Susie, but a, late, a lot lately we've had Mia help us with some administrative work where she's tidying up the little file room. If it's ever messy, it's my fault. It really is. And she has to come in there and tidy it up, and, and then she'll write the, she writes the missions checks for us and, and has me or mother, Brother Matt uh, sign them. And so we really appreciate her doing that. That's some administrative work. We've had my daughter do that. We've had others do that before as well, my daughter Johanna. Um, and then Brother Matt himself is our treasurer, keeping an eye on our bank accounts and uh, paying the bills. Sometimes he can do a whole lot of it just right from his phone. Um, you know, and, and uh, oh, by the way, back at the ushers, he helped. We got guys that are counters, Adam and, and um, Adam, Matt, Brian, they help count. Uh, and keep accurate records of the offerings and everything, make sure everything's done uprightly and safely deposited, and we keep accurate um, records of that. And then of your, your, your um, giving envelopes are accounted for and put away, and then they'll recalculate them. They may have already started, I don't know, and send out your giving statement. And, and we just now got this last year online giving through Givelify, and that's going, those... Uh, you're getting an email if you if you give on Givelify that shows what you gave, and then it's sending an email to the church email, and they get, keep an account of that, and that can be tabulated. But that's a ministry; it takes time to do that. Brother Brian helps us with the bulletin. I can text him just basically on Saturday any any bulletin updates, and he helps put that in the bulletin. He prints it at home. He'll come here early in the morning on Sunday, maybe around seven thirty or so, and bring the bulletins, get them here. Sometimes he walks around the building, blows off, just sees if anything's out of place, and then gets back home and gets his family ready and comes back again to church. And then sometimes Brian, I'll say, Brian, can you lock up for me? He goes, yeah, Pastor, no problem. And he sometimes will lock up uh, so I can leave a little early than normal. Um, uh, publications, we haven't, the, sometimes when we do publications, like we have a brochure for the uh, church membership. We have new tracks that we might design. We'll have some other flyer. Typically, when that's done, it's yours truly doing that, or my son Michael helps me with that. Uh, but I could use some other help on that. I don't want to do that all the time. But um, that's, that's a ministry. Joe and Johanna and Will have helped us with the kids' choir. We haven't been able to do it, but we certainly would like to start it again. We appreciate that as a ministry. And then the whole Spanish ministry has kind of a whole duplicate set of what I said. You have a Brother Joe preaching, you have some ushers and greeters, you have a few nursery workers, you've got a, a Brother Enrique Sandoval teaches their teenagers, uh, Mrs. Devon will teach their children, she's teaching twice, well not lately, but sometimes she'll teach twice on Sunday, and uh, that's a blessing. They'll have some ladies that will help clean, and Miss Ruth will coordinate that uh, after their service. And then, so those are things, and then some of you all that don't have a title, I see that you purposely talk to people. You purposely talk to a visitor that comes or somebody you haven't seen. You're like, hey, I'm going to go over there and get, get to talking to that guy and, or that family and try to, you know, just get to a rapport with them. That's a ministry to me, just to going up and talking to somebody. And I appreciate that. And I see people that do that. I see, I want to, there's the pastor in me wants to be in everybody's face, not, not in a bad way, but in everybody meeting everybody. I, I can't do it though. So I depend on people uh, just, just be having that natural friendliness to other people and other visitors. And that's appreciated. I see that happening here, purposely talking to people, showing hospitality. You know, some, of, some people, the best thing they know how to do is, is take somebody out to eat or make them something at home and invite them over to their house. That is a ministry. The Bible says use hospitality one to another without grudging. 
Um, calling people and texting people, you know, not killing them or overdoing it or being overbearing, but, you know, just checking in on people. That's a ministry, you know, caring one for another. And then sometimes when we do the uh, kind of more of a, our property projects or property improvements, that's a ministry. There's times where I, a year or so ago, I said, Yannick, can you please just put in this fan over here? I'm running out of time. And he put it in the fan. Or one of the guys, I can't remember who it was, one of the drapes was falling down. I said, can you please just fix that thing? And a lot of these things I can do and I actually like to do. I enjoy doing kind of fixer-up stuff, but I, I know that I can't get too sidetracked doing it. Um, so, and I want to give the blessing to another guy that might have an interest in it. And so we'll delegate that. Brother Rusty and some of the other guys have been handy doing things around here. Greg McDowell's helped us with stuff. He helped us put in these these lights right here and wire it. And we're, we're thinking of a plan to kind of redo the ceiling lights if we can ever get to that one day. A plan to, to remodel this kitchen, which I really would like to do that this year. Not so that we can just enjoy the pleasurable, cool-looking modern kitchen, but to actually make more space in there so it could double as a classroom if possible. Uh, there's things like that where when people engage in that, I look at it as ministry because it's what is it? It's, a comp, it's accommodating uh, the, the function of a church and gospel work of, of, you know, having more people here or just ministering to the current Christians we have, it's, it's ministry. And then, you know, I could mention things that are pastoral work uh, that, I, that, that I get to do. It's a great privilege to be a pastor, to feed the flock of God that's among me and take the oversight and visit and call and pray and and uh, tend to and text and, and uh, oversee and, and uh, plan and preach and oversee some of the maintenance and the, the care of the property, the care of the people. I love that. I love doing that. And um, I wouldn't want to do anything else. And if, um, you know, if God ended up putting me somewhere else, it's because he very made it very, 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 very clear. But I don't want to do anything else uh, it's really in my heart to, to be doing what I'm doing. So I just painted a picture of, for you of over 22 things, over 20 things, about 22 things, that at least half of them done, probably more than half are done on a weekly basis. That's just ministry here. And that's what it takes to do what we're doing and to, and to be, um, you know, a church family and a healthy church family. Now let's look in Colossians chapter 4. And I hope that having that in your mind will help set the uh, kind of the foundation for what we're going to talk about now, which is basically, I'll just put it to you this way in a long statement. How to we're going to talk about how to fulfill, there's a key word for us tonight, how to fulfill your ministry no matter what it is, okay? How to fulfill your ministry no matter what it is. Okay, so Colossians chapter 4. So the last chapter in Colossians, Paul says some instruction. And then he starts, verse uh, 7, he starts greeting people and saying hi to this guy. Say hi to this guy. And this guy says hi to you. And he starts kind of being the communicator, uh, you know, passing along the mail, so to speak, to one person and then to another person mentioning people by name. So let's read some of it, and our key verse will be verse 17. But let's read a little bit, Colossians 4, verse 7. Begin there in verse 7. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate 
and comfort your hearts with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They shall make known unto you all things which are done here. Move down to verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. For I bear him record that he hath great zeal for you and them that are in Laodicea and them in Hierapolis. Now go down to verse 17. This is kind of our key verse. And say to Archippus, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. Let's say that last part, take heed. Ready? Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. That is our kind of our key thought tonight. So when I go to, has anybody in here ever been to Five Guys, the hamburger place? Raise your hand. What's one thing that's unique about Five Guys? Somebody tell me. Johnny? <laughs> I heard that, yeah. They're expen- they are expensive. Johnny, what's one thing unique about them? The peanuts, okay. Yep, that's right. Peanuts. What else? Lori? Gluten-free french fries. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Noah? Juicy burgers. Okay, uh, Yannick? Potatoes everywhere. Okay. All right, there's something else. We talked about... Oh, yeah. You just push the thing. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then you can just fill up. You can mix them all together. Uh, yes, color. Boxes of peanuts. Everybody's liking the peanuts. Okay. What is it about the fries? Is there something, anything else about the fries? What's that? Tell you where the potatoes are from. Okay. Do they give, how, many, how much fries do they give you? A bag. They overflow. If you get like, and they, come to think of it, they ought to if it's that expensive, right? It is expensive. I think me and my boys went there one time. I had a gift card. And I was me and my four younger boys. I'm like, yeah, let's go to Five Guys. We went swimming. Mrs. Flannery lets us use their community swimming pool. And we went swimming. like, guys, we're going to Five Guys. You know, and I had maybe a $25 gift card to Five Guys. I'm like, yeah, we can go there. And I'm like, yeah, just get this and get this. And I'm like, man, this is almost 50 bucks. <laughs> it's like $25 gift card. was just like, just blow that thing, man. Yeah. So, but it was good, you know. But, you know, they, they, fulfill, they fulfill it with fries. You get all them fries, you go, wow. And then you look at the price, you're like, you better fill that with fries. How about you fill it with some more hamburger, too, you know? But how many of you have ever gone through a drive-thru, you know, you, or, let's say McDonald's. I don't care if you like McDonald's or not. Just pretend, okay? And so you go through McDonald's and you say, I'm going to get the eight-piece McNugget and, and I'm going to get a large fry. And then you drive through and... And, and you pay, and they give it to you, and you, you start driving away because you're in a hurry. And you start looking, you're like, what? That doesn't look full, that large container. And then you open up the thing, you start counting the nuggets. Wait, eight. That's six. Oh, no, we got a crisis now. We got a crisis. They didn't fulfill. I paid for eight. They gave me six of them mystery McNuggets. And, and uh, the fry container is supposed to be large. It looks like they put a small in a large container, but I paid for a large. And you're like, hey, 
You know, if you have the time, what are you going to do? You're going to go back through and you're going to be like, oh, please, you didn't fulfill my order. There wasn't enough fries and my whatever. And you'll, and you'll tell them. And, and you have a right to because you paid for it. Because you paid for a large fry. You paid for an eight-piece nugget. And you want it fulfilled, right? And that's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about fulfilling a ministry that God has given us. Now, let's look at this book and these people first. Paul is speaking here to all these people, and apparently some of the people from the Colossian church were with Paul for some reason, and he's actually, as he's writing to Colossae, he's saying, hey, this person greets you, and then he's going back and forth, and then he says he communicates to somebody who is at Colossae, whom apparently he had some kind of, oh, I don't know what it was, he detected some kind of deficiency or some kind of tendency in this guy, I'm not sure. But as he tells all these greetings, he said, hey, by the way, second to the last verse before he closes, tell Archippus to, when he gets that minute, that ministry has been given to him, tell him to fulfill it. Take, take heed, tell Archippus to take heed to the ministry that he has received in the Lord, that he fulfill it. Don't uh, try going, passing off, a small fry in a large container, so to speak. Perhaps Paul de detected a deficiency there. Perhaps he detected some slack or sloth with Archippus. We can tend to be the same way. I'm saying it for me. I've seen it for Christians. We can tend to be the same way where we can tend to get slack or sloth on an array of things at home, at work, at church. And I just want to kind of prop us back up. And if you already are, not you feel like you are as diligent as you could be in what you're doing at church or at home, then I want to keep you encouraged in that then. But we can get to where we start out hot for doing something, and then we kind of go a little luke. We start going lukewarm. We start out all planned out. I'm going to, okay, I got this class, or I got this little thing, and you're planned out, and you're calculated, and then after a while, you're like, you don't hardly plan anything. Eh, you get kind of eh about it. You start out where you're given something to do or clean or, or play or whatever, and you're prompt, you're on time, and then after a while, it's like, it doesn't matter if I'm on time. And it just kind of gets where it's like I'm not as, I don't fulfill it as much as I ought to. Um, we can get that way. And so I want to put our names, each of us, let's put our names in this verse. Paul says, and say to Mike, and say uh, to Brother Johnny, and say to Brother Brian, and say to Brother Dylan, take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord that thou fulfill. I'm just threw out some names there, guys. Let's put our own name in this verse. Versus neglecting what's been given to us. Versus doing something half-hearted. I want to do something real quick. Let's have, I'm going to have three different guys come up here. Guys per their sport here. How about Dylan, come on up here. And now you're going to have to do, you're going to have to do, come on up here for a second. I, if I had a baseball bat, that would be good. But can you just show me, without having a baseball bat, show me kind of a, uh, the movement of a, swing, of, a, of a baseball swing. So just teach all these all your students here. Watch Coach Dylan. He's going to show us how to have a baseball swing. Go ahead. All right. You see that swing right there? Look at that. That's good. It's out of here. It's out of here. That was a home run right there. So 
So one of the things about his swing was it, it followed all the way through, right? Adam, you want to come up here and show us a golf swing? <laughs> no way! You know that. <laughs> All right, Adam, let's do a, a ghost golf swing, so to speak, and we'll pretend that you got an eagle there, okay? All right, guys? Adam Woods? I mean... <laughs> yeah. So, golf swing. All right, what's honestly a golf swing? Because you wiggle, I guess, like that, and, and follow through. There's, a, there's a, a little bit of follow through there. All right, uh, let's see. Johnny, come on up here. All right, Johnny, stand right here, right on Facebook in front of the millions that are watching. <laughs> and a pretend, now honestly pretend we're your students. You get to be the coach now of the PE class, and we're like, Mr. Johnny, we want to know how to shoot a basketball. And Mr. Johnny, our PE coach, is going to show us how to shoot a basketball. So show us how to shoot a basketball. All right, so, oh, see that? What, what was this right here? What was, what was that right there? What's that called? Oh, hand in the cookie jar. Okay, they, go ahead. That's serious, though. Hey, that, that, that last part, Brother Dave, is that true? He's a, he's a, he's a basketball coach, too, and, and he's actually going to Colorado back and forth with helping with the Christian school. That last part, just that last part of the hand in the cookie jar helps kind of finish off the finishing touch to the shot. And, you know, I should have been good with that because I was always trying to get my hand in the cookie jar, but nobody told me to practice do that when you're playing basketball until Johnny, I hear, does it. So anyways, but here's my point, having a little fun tonight. The point is in sports, follow through on all these things. Follow through contributes to success in a sport. And so, so also, if you're given a job, this applies to everything. This applies to work, this applies to home, this applies to your whatever. But in ministry, doing, fulfilling something that's given you, follow through, doing it complete, wholeheartedly, and not half, contributes to success. Paul was concerned about it, we should be. All right? So here's what we'll do. How to fulfill, I want to teach us very briefly from the text, how I can fulfill my ministry no matter what it is or no matter what it will be if I don't currently have one. All right, four, four points, they're right out of the text. First way to, to fulfill my ministry, this will help us all. This is, I think, the most important part, is view it as unto the Lord and not just people. So if I'm going to have a fulfilling ministry, if I'm going to do something well, whether it's cleaning or teaching or whatever in between, View it, have a mentality that this is as unto the Lord. This is because I'm an extension of God's service to these people versus I'm just doing this between me and these people. All right, here's our text. Look at chapter 3, verse 23. And whatsoever you do, chapter 3, verse 23. And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. Heartily as to the Lord. That's one thing that's helped me even as a pastor is that I view myself, I commonly have to view myself in different kind of hats. I try to view myself, I'm, I'm a shepherd, I'm a servant. Those are kind of the two main things that help me. And for both of them, I realize, wait a minute, I'm not just a shepherd. I'm a, a shepherd under a shepherd, under a senior shepherd, senior pastor. I'm not really a senior pastor, ultimately. I'm kind of a an assistant pastor to the chief shepherd, the senior pastor. That's kind of how I try to 
view myself. Um, as far as kind of titles, I'm called senior pastor, and that's fine. But I try to keep the mentality, I'm really kind of an assistant pastor to him. And I try to, help, try to remind myself that I am a servant of the Lord. Moses was called the servant of the Lord. That is, Moses was out doing business at God's beckoning. On, for God, it was almost like God was saying, hey, I want, the, I want this to become of the children of Israel. I want this to, this is what I want for the children of Israel. Moses, do this. Moses, do that. Moses. And so it helps me to where whenever I'm doing something, saying something, committing to something, exerting myself in something, I'm like, God, I'm doing this as a response to you. And that helps me. Because it makes it to where if you don't like me, you, whatever, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm responding to somebody else's back and call. And same for you. Look at yourself as doing whatever you're doing as unto the Lord. Whatever you might event, do more as unto the Lord. Even this verse, chapter 4, verse 17, it says, And say to Archippus, Take heed to the ministry which thou hast received in the Lord, that thou fulfill it. The emphasis of that ministry is in the Lord. The emphasis of whatever you shall, whatsoever you shall do, do it heartily, is as unto the Lord. I remember I've told you this funny story, but it always reminds me of how this works. I, we sat at our kitchen table one time, and I had Gideon on my left and Susie on my right, and we were eating uh, donuts, and uh, it went something like this. Uh, Gideon is uh, eating his donut. Susie had already eaten her donut, I think, I probably already ate a donut, probably had two uh, or three. Um, and um, Susie, poor little starving Susie, wanted still another bite of a donut. And uh, if she hadn't had one at all, I'm not sure, but she was hungry for Gideon's donut, and he probably he was probably working on a second one too. But, um, and so she said, Gideon, can I have a bite of your donut? And Gideon, and Gideon goes, no. I mean, he's quick on that one. No. And, uh, and, and, and she, Gideon, come on. And I said, Gid, come on, just give her a donut. No, he's eating on his donut, you know. And, uh, and I'm kind of in the middle. And, and I knew Gideon. I knew Gideon loves his dad. And so I said, Gideon, I waited a moment to kind of let, kind of let a few moments pass. I said, Gideon, uh, can I have some of your donut? He's like, yeah. yeah. He didn't hesitate. And it wasn't because I was trying to, you know, like this or anything. He just, okay, give me some, thanks, bud. Gives me some of my donut, give it over to Susie. <laughs> Susie takes it, yeah, she eats it, smiles at Gideon. He's just like, mm, you know. So he wouldn't give it to her, but he would give it to me. And then, so what I said is, hey, next time she asks you for something, just do it like you're giving it to me. If you like giving to me, give it to her, you know, as if you're giving it to me. And that's how it can be in life. It's like, you know, I'm tired of these people. I'm not too crazy about these little kids. I don't know about changing these diapers. I certainly don't like cleaning this bathroom anymore. I don't know. If you ever get like that, just say, you know, Lord, but I like you. Uh, I, I, and I'm just going to do this as unto you. And that's what we're called to do, to do whatever soever you do. Do it heartily as unto the Lord, not to men. God's work is great. God's work deserves excellence. And we should do it with excellence as unto the Lord as well. Number two, here's another thing that helps me and should help us is this. Be like Tychicus and Onesimus. Be faithful and trustworthy in whatever your ministry is. That's how Tychicus and Onesimus are. They were faithful and trustworthy with whatever the ministry was. We didn't know all of what it was. So let's look at it. Chapter 4, verse 7, Paul describes two men and he gives a great 
description of him, all my state shall Tychicus declare unto you who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. Now, apparently, Paul is delivering, it appears that Paul's canning this epistle over to Tychicus and Onesimus. All right? And when he does, he knows Tychicus is not going to lie about me. He's going to say it like it is. He's going to tell an accurate report of all my state. So Tychicus is an example of somebody who's faithful minister. Look at verse 9. With Onesimus, he was a partner with Tychicus, a faithful and beloved brother who was one of you. So Onesimus was actually one of the church members of Colossae. So he's sending back Tychicus, and he's sending back Onesimus, who we know are church members of Colossae, delivering this epistle from the Apostle Paul. This is an apostolic epistle. And they're going, and Paul says, you know what, these guys are faithful. I can trust these guys. I can trust them with uh, this letter, inspired of God. Um, you know, it'd be almost like Paul saying, look, I can trust them with the keys to my brand new car. I can trust them with my house. I can... They were trustworthy. They were faithful. They were called faithful. So Matthew 25, the parable of Matthew 25 teaches us that whether it's big or small, we should be trustworthy and diligent with whatever is given us. All right? So whatever your ministry is, fulfill it for the Lord by being faithful and trustworthy with it. I'm so glad, um, you know, one of the ladies was here last night. We have that cleaning schedule in here. I was here yesterday. I noticed church wasn't clean. It's fine. I was here a little later yesterday, came in, noticed the church wasn't clean yet. I saw who was signed up to clean. I'm like, I bet they'll be here. And so I left. I came here early this morning. I think it was, you were here before me. It was already clean, right? All right. It wasn't the Sharamas. If, if it's who signed up for it, then, then I applaud them. And I, they came at another time and cleaned the church. Unless somebody filled in for them and I don't know about it. But I know like the Carnes and Tia and the Sharomas and some others, they fulfill cleaning the church. And sometimes Sonia fills in for the others who can't do it. And that's a big deal. That's, but that's a blessing to have people who are faithful and trustworthy. Um, I'm glad to have some of you teen guys on the usher's schedule. And Will just made up a new usher schedule for the teen guys and the, and the adult men. And he kind of rotated and stuff. And, and we like that. And, and, and Will was complimenting Jimmy to, to me the other day. He's like, hey, Jimmy's a, I like having Jimmy on the schedule because if he's not going to be there, like, because you have our usher guys. I, I don't, is the schedule up here, Will? Okay. Well, there it is. All right. So we got January, February. Okay. All right, Sunday and Wednesday evenings greeting is Chris Carnes and Dylan Farbach. You're supposed to be greeting. That's before the service. Offering is Adam Carnes and Johnny Henry. They did the offering. Backup. We got backups around here. We're ready. Backup for any of those. Jimmy Henry's a backup. Iden Burton's a backup for greeting and offering. That's pretty cool. I like that. I like how Will set that up. Same thing with... With our men, our, we have a schedule for the men. Matt, you're forever a police officer here. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, hey, I like having something like this. But Will's like, you know, I like it with Jimmy because he'll be like, uh, he'll call me or he'll tell me, hey, I'm not going to be there or I don't think I'll be able to greet tonight. And he takes it seriously. I'm glad you take it seriously, Jimmy. And so is Mr. Will. And I was like, I, I said, I'd like to have every, every usher like that. That's good. You know, because he's trying to be faithful and we appreciate that. And that's what it takes to, to fulfill it. Whatever ministry you see, fulfill it. Number three, how else will help us to be faithful or to be 
to fulfill our ministry is number three, be like Epaphras. Labor fervently in prayer. Look at the verse here, um, verse 12. Paul mentions another Christian worker. Epaphras, verse 12. Epaphras, who is one of you, it's another Colossian church member, a servant of Christ saluteth you, laboring, pardon me, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That's interesting. So wherever Paul's at, he's aware of the activity of this man, Epaphras, who's a church member of Colossae. He's not at the church, but he's within the proximity of Paul. And Paul says, Epaphras is greeting him. By the way, Epaphras, man, this guy, he loves you all. He's always laboring fervently for you in prayer. This guy's praying a lot for you all. So what I see here is the need for whatever ministry I have, I should labor fervently in prayer. I should bathe whatever ministry I have is at some level in prayer. If you play the piano, pray every time before you play. Uh, whether it's when you be, when right at the piano seat or when you're coming in or before you leave your house, pray about it. Pray about your playing the piano. Pray about teaching your class. Have a list of the kids in your class. If you're not, I'm, I'm certain some of you already do. And we need that labor fervently. Um, uh, with your nursery, pray about that, doing that. Pray about your offertory. Pray, pray about your lesson. Pray about how to do the decorations around here. All those things, we want everything bathed in prayer. We don't want what prayer cannot do. We want what prayer can do. And especially when it comes to teaching, and I've learned this, and somebody made this statement about praying for people before you go to teach, and it's this. We need to learn to speak to God about men and then speak to men about God. And that's what I've had to learn as a pastor as well. And that goes for witnessing as well. Speak to God about those men and then speak to those men about God. So apply that. Labor fervently in prayer. That will help you be fulfill your ministry. Number four, last point uh, from the text here tonight. Be like Epaphras also in that you should have a zeal for others. Have a zeal for others. Look what it says. Paul's not done talking about Epaphras in chapter 4, verse 13. He says, For I bear him record that he hath a great zeal for you, and them that are of Laodicea, and them in Hierapolis. So as Paul is communicating to the Colossae church, he has one of the church members, Epaphras, with him. And he says, right, he wrote this in a letter. Hey, Colossae, I want you to know about Epaphras. He labors fervently for you in prayer. And you know what? He has a great zeal for you. Zeal means there's a lot of passion. He really loves his church. And he loves these two other churches. They ought to see it. They need a lot of love. They need some zeal. They need some heat over there instead of lukewarmness. Uh, and he has a zeal for this other church in Hierapolis. And, and that's how Epaphras is. And he has great zeal. And I realize that Paul, this is not in the Bible by accident. I think God, God wants to see us have a, have a see a snapshot of people who are like this, who are fervent in prayer and faithful in what they do and, and a person who's, who has zeal for people. You know, you know, one thing, what do you like? How many of you like to go to Chick-fil-A? Anybody like to go to Chick-fil-A? Just about every one of us. Okay, if you don't, that's fine. Tell me one reason. Any, somebody tell me a, a reason besides the taste of the food you like to go to Chick-fil-A. Anybody want to tell me a reason besides the taste of the food, Johnny? My pleasure. Yeah. Noah? Started by a Christian. That's good. That's good. Any other good things about Chick-fil-A besides the, the actual food? Not open on Sunday. Not open on Sunday. That's good. I love seeing God honor 
he is, they're like the best chicken fast food, I think, in the United States. 70% of the business is done through the drive-thru. Very profitable. Yannick. That's what her, that's it. That's what I was trying to get at. Is that, you know, look at Susie. She's like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Susie's a good, I'm sure she's a good uh, Chick-fil-A worker. Um, so honestly, it's like, don't they make you feel important when you go there? Now, they don't overkill you like Dutch Brothers. You know, Dutch Brothers, they'll like fall, they'll fall inside your car and like, what's going on? What are you going to do today? I'm going to drive off a cliff. Cool, awesome, awesome, awesome. You know, they'll still say that. You should, we should try that. We should try that to one of them, see what they do. Awesome, awesome, awesome. They're like, what do you want? Whatever. And so, but, <laughs> so anyways, you know, at Chick-fil-A, uh, don't they make you feel just kind of like, hey, yeah, this is nice being here. Yeah, I've not met a grumpy Chick-fil-A worker. I have actually, but she's at home off work sometimes. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> And she sometimes, uh, uh, you know, my dad, her daddy might irritate her a little bit. But um, you, you get that. You're like, man, they, they just have a zeal for me. I go there, man, I feel important. Well, they treat me like this because it's so expensive and they got to make up. I don't know. But they, aren't they nice about it? Isn't it neat? They have a zeal for you. And that's good. That's a good thing. Now, how much more for the work of God over just a, giving a chicken sandwich? To have a zeal for people, not overkill them or be overbearing, but that people, you know what helps is when, when you go somewhere and you're like, somebody cares about me, somebody noticed me. Have a zeal for, have a zeal for your students, have a zeal for you as ushers when you greet somebody, like, man, I'm glad this guy's here today, you know? Um, have a zeal for people, that's how Epaphras is. And I'm thankful as we think about having a zeal for somebody, God is the ultimate example of having a zeal for people, people that are pathetic people. Romans 5.8, but God commendeth, he praises, he magnifies, he advertises, he shows the zeal of his love for us, and that while we are yet pathetic sinners, Christ died for us. God has a zeal for us, pathetic sinners. I should have a zeal for people, care, a concern, a passion. The word zeal actually means hot. That's really what it means. And to be just kind of have a, have a fire for people and a passion for them. And so I, look, this is, I'm glad how our church is, but I want you to know this type of mentality will help us to stay um, healthy and active in the ministries that we do, meaningful. We'll have, I want to have the best ushers, the best song leaders, the best that we can nursery workers, the best pianists rotating, the best singers and whatever, the best we can. And, and with doing it heartily as unto the Lord, with zeal, coming up there prayerfully, being faithful, that's what we want to have. So ask yourself tonight, you know, when God, if, if my ministry work was a bag of French fries... To God, would anything be lacking? Would God be like, hey, that's not fulfilled? Ask yourself that. Is my, is my bag, so to speak, of ministry work fulfilled in God's sight? Whatever it is, fulfill it. Fulfill it. I'm glad, you know, God rewards. We should, we should be happy about all this stuff. Whatever we're doing, we, it's a win-win. Whatever I do, I'm going to get rewarded for anyways. Whether I'm the pastor and get to do this stuff that's seen a lot, or I'm the person cleaning, I'm going to get rewarded still. God sees it. God rewards it. And, he's, and by the way, He's worthy of the, earnest, the most earnest effort 
whether you're the teacher or the singer or the cleaner, he's still worthy. And any one of those, he's worthy of the most earnest effort. He's worthy of it because of the blood he shed for us and the love that he has for us. So God, help us to fulfill our ministry that each of us have tonight and in through this year. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for 